bring the heart. It's time to get loud. Let's go! Because this is Betfred Super League. Bring it on. again and welcome along to this week's edition of Eddie and Steve-O the podcast, the best 30 minutes or so of rugby league gossip around sponsored as always by our great friends at Betfred now then, they say a week or right now 24 hours is a long time in politics well it's an eternity in rugby league because this week we've got a coach sacking to discuss a government minister's howler to analyse and of course all the week's news from the Betfred Super League as we approach the magic weekend in Newcastle. Plus, I think it's about time we caught up with all the latest news from Australia's NRL. So let's say hello to Steve-O, who's waiting for us in Australia. And Steve-O, the land of sunshine and beaches has turned a bit soggy this year. We've seen the pictures on the news of the floods in Sydney that that, that you're all enduring at the moment. I trust, though, that you have kept your head above water. Uh, only just, Eddie. It is, uh, it's horrific. There's thousands of people having to leave their homes. Uh, the rivers are just about to burst. The dams are just about to burst. And we have had rain in Sydney for eight days solid. And evidently, we'll have about another four or five. And it is just bouncing down. And so many people having to leave their homes. It's uh, it, it's horrific. I'll tell you, Eddie, the games on Sunday, I mean, I've never seen seen this in any of the grounds uh, playing rugby league before in Australia. Uh, it was just a quagmire. It was it reminded me of the, the old uh, splash final at Wembley. Horrific conditions in Sydney. Wow, wow. Well... Get your brolly up and let's hope everything is going to be all right <laughs> in the next few days. Right, look, let's let's move on. Um, the coaches sacking that I talked about right at the start, Tony Smith has been relieved of the duties at Hulkingston Rovers. Now, no surprise this really because he made his decision to go uh, in the middle of April. The hierarchy were taken completely unaware as they'd been discussing a new deal with him. They'd won five in a row before the announcement. We're in a playoff spot in a Challenge Cup semi-final. So, Tony Smith, gone. And not forgotten. Well, I think a lot of people um, will understand Tony Smith's point of view. But also, I was surprised, and we've discussed it over the last few weeks, I was surprised that they did not have uh, the guts to say, look... If you're going at the end of the season, then I'm afraid you're going now. I, I was really stunned by the fact uh, 
that whole Kingston Rovers didn't have that guts to just say, well, if you're going, you're going, and you're going to go now. Uh, we discussed all the time about the timing to give the announcement a week before you're preparing for a semi-final to go to the Challenge Cup final. That's just not on, and we've discussed that. And I, until my dying day, I can tell you now, I will not be convinced otherwise. He keeps saying that it, it had no effect on the team, the club, or whatever. Well, ask any Hulkingston Rovers supporter, and they'll join my band and not his. Absolutely. They were 80 minutes away from Old Trafford last year. He was there for three years all in all. They're saying he's leaving the club in a better position than when he arrived, which I understand. But in the middle of the season, Danny Maguire gets handed a three-year extension to his contract. He takes over till the end of this year. Willie Peters comes in next year. The place is in turmoil, steve yeah, and, and to be fair, they've also had a bad run of injuries. That is understandable. But I, I just cannot, I cannot understand why this didn't happen many, many weeks ago. A clear out is what they need. Well, they started at the top, and let's see what happens. Danny Maguire has got 10 games to turn things around this year. And of course, we'll come on to the Magic Weekend in a moment but they meet uh, Hull FC in the local derby at Newcastle over the weekend. As I say, we'll come on to that in a moment, but I, I want to talk to you now about the huge gaffe from Nadine Dorries, the culture secretary, the sports minister, for goodness sake, who last Thursday confused the two rugby codes in a speech at a Rugby League World Cup event in St Helens. Here are the quotes. I've always quite liked the idea of rugby league, she says. My long-standing memory is that 2003 drop goal. We were drinking Bloody Murrays at the time. Wow, what a moment that was. She's confusing us, Stevo, with the other code. For goodness sake. Disgraceful. And I wonder how many Bloody Marys she was drinking <laughs> because when you, when you think about it look she would have had a script writer but you've got to double check before you go out into the public and especially into a rugby league function I am sick and tired of rugby league being classed as a second class game we become second class citizens and when someone who is the sports minister comes out with a gaffe like that, it's embarrassing. She tried to turn it around by saying, you know, maybe I changed codes like Robinson. Yes. It's unbelievable. We, <laughs> we try our damnedest to support and push and get the publicity on what I class as the greatest game of all. And when at the top of the top of the sections, where someone from government comes out with something like that, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to her, but more importantly, it's embarrassing to our game. Disgraceful. Absolutely right. And when you think also, the government is investing 
25 million pounds into the World Cup social impact programme into communities across England. I mean, a gaffe like that is absolutely unforgivable. Well, not only unforgivable, I think we should we should check on where the money is going to go. Because as far as she's concerned, it's going to rugby union. <laughs> well, it might be. You're right. Well, that's it what I'm saying. If, she, if she's come down with a gaffe like that, how many of that 25 million will be pumped into rugby union? We won't hear much about that, will we? No, we won't. I mean, John uh, Dutton, who is the World Cup chief executive, I mean, he, he did his best to try and make things, you know, as easy as possible for her. Um, and he has said that he's looking forward to her coming to the tournament. I can imagine the sort of response she's going to get at whatever game she turns up to uh, when it gets underway. It's, it, 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 I mean, I was speechless. I was absolutely speechless when I read that report. And I, and I know that you are as well. It's, it, it, it's incredible. And uh, listen, uh, uh, Nadine, I don't know whether you, you listen to our podcast, but if you do, <laughs> you have embarrassed rugby league. But more importantly, you've embarrassed the rugby league fans, which is the most important part of our game. Disgraceful. Matty Pete next. Uh, he has lambasted Warrington Wolves for signing <laughs> and paying for one of Wigan's academy stars, Matty Nicholson. This is his quote. It would be demoralising working in Warrington's academy. I keep reading about the strength of it. And they're continually paying for our players, Elliot Longstaff, Sam Storey, Dean Bedall, and now Matty. Uh, is it such a bad thing that Warrington poach Wigan youngsters if Wigan youngsters and they have a plethora of them at the DW Stadium if Wigan youngsters can't get into the first team all I can say that this has been going on since 1895 is that we want to become champions we want to become the best team in our game so by hook or by crook, it doesn't matter what it is, if we can pinch, poach, call it whatever you want, from another club, it happens down here in Australia. I'm sure it happens in France. It's all about we want to be the best. You can understand them. That's what they want. The fans want it. They don't want to be at the bottom of the table. They want to be getting silverware. And they don't care where their players come from it's so, so disappointing. But if the people who run the game allow this to happen, it's, it's impossible to stop. Now, in the early days in Australia, they had a law that said if you had a junior that played in, in near Parramatta, Blacktown, or, or Penrith, you could not poach them. Now, that went out the window about... 20 years ago, maybe even longer. In other words, look, I know that Manly, they go out to Blacktown, they go out to Penrith, they go, look, they have, they have spies or coaches, shall we say, uh, looking for talent. And by hook or by crook, they'll offer them the money, etc., and so forth. But I think it's a bit rich for Wigan to be complaining 
when the top teams, Wigan, St. Helens, Leeds, you can't tell me that they don't poach players. They do. Because it's open slather. Nothing you can do about it. Maybe the Rugby Football League should do something about it. I've always said that I'm, I'm the president of the Shawcross Boys Club, or should we say the youth club now. And so many of the players are poached by the top clubs. The best players are poached. It's something you can't stop. And I also feel that if they do take a, a youngster, a young amateur to this, that and the other, I'd like to see a lot more money given to the amateur clubs because it's not sufficient. The amateur clubs, they bring them through from school children, etc., so forth, and then the big clubs take them away. And they really don't pay enough compensation for doing that. No, that has been a that has been a problem with the professional and the amateur game for a long, long time. This is this is slightly different in that Matty Pete says that as far as he's concerned, Matty Nicholson had a plan and he has played in Super League this year and his development was, you know, going according to plan. But Daryl Powell has hit back and he has said that it was a bit of a rant from Matty Pete. He said, our academy and the people in it at the moment are absolutely superb. Our scholars have beaten St. Helens and our academy beat St. Helens the other week. The people running the academy are far from demoralised, but they are embedded in Warrington. You've got to be driven and focused and all of our coaches and staff are. I don't think it's a great comment from him. That was Daryl Powell's reaction to Matty Pete's comment uh, about all of that. I mean, th th this is the difference. You're talking about the amateur game and the, the, the professional clubs taking the amateur players. This is two Super League clubs vying for the best juniors in the area. And as far as Wigan are concerned, Warrington are poaching theirs. It's down to the contract. A lot of the, a lot of the young players are not old enough to understand uh, what it's all about in regards to the fact that which club you're going to go to. A lot of influence comes from the parents. And a lot of parents, they'll only look at one thing. Well, I want the best for my son, which is fair enough. So which contract can I get which is the better one for my son? It's not often that you get people who say, well, I, you know, I've come through this junior development at my club. I'd like to stay there. I think that is fantastic. But... It's the way of the world now, Eddie. Parents want their, their young lad, young Johnny, to be a superstar. Uh, but at the superstar, you've got to pay for it. You've got to give him a good contract. Obviously, Warrington have offered these young kids a better contract than Wigan. So I, I don't know why anybody should start talking about sour grapes. No, I can see that. I can see that 100%. And to be fair, we're not talking about multi-million pounds here like they do in the Premier League. Uh, also, I, I also add that uh, so many years it, it's been the top clubs, they'll pick the best amateurs from around the north of England. And in doing so, we talked about the contract. Within that contract, they'll probably have to say that your big money that you can earn is when you've played, say, 10 first-grade games. 
So they'll buy so many youngsters. And by Jove, when it comes to the fact that they've played eight or nine games in the top side, if they don't feel that it can make it any further or it's not a long-term investment, they won't pick him again. So maybe half of that contract that mom and dad have done for their son, and it happens, and it has happened over the years, they don't get the bulk of the money. It's a crafty sort of situation, but it goes on. Yeah, all the big clubs want the best amateurs around, and they want to see how they, how they develop. Uh, it, it is a problem. There's no question about that. Right, look, let's talk about last weekend's matches and what a result for Toulouse. They beat Hull Kingston Rovers, Tony Smith's last game in charge, as it turned out. So Toulouse's red-hot July is underway. Wakefield were beaten by Wigan. Now, they are only four points ahead of Toulouse at the bottom of the table. And guess what? Toulouse against Wakefield opens up the magic weekend this coming Saturday in Newcastle. What a match this is going to be. Yeah, and look, over the years, Eddie, uh, we've had this situation before, but very few fans appear to go for the first game in the stadium. Now, this one has got to be such an attraction that I am appealing to all the fans, not just the fans of, of Toulouse or, or, or Wakefield, is, you know, pack the stadium out because this is going to be one of the best and toughest games you'll witness over the weekend. Toulouse are fighting for their life. So are Wakefield. It's going to be a cracker of a game. So don't stay in the bars or all around. You can get yourself into the stadium and watch will be as near to sudden death as you can get. Absolutely, because Wakefield lose, they're in real trouble because Toulouse have got the next three at home and they showed at the weekend what they can do when they're in the red-hot atmosphere of Toulouse at this time of the year uh, and they, they certainly turned Wakefield over. And I think, you know, there will be a decent crowd because Wigan's win... Uh, and St Helens' defeat in Perpignan last weekend means there's now just two points between those two at the top of the table. And the second game on Saturday is Saints against Wigan. This is the biggest day of the year so far, Steve-O, coming up. Spot on. And I, I, I'm glad that the authorities have actually selected a top game and not left it until later in the day. It's, we've seen it so many times, Eddie. How many times did you and I com commentate on, on those particular games? And we were always disappointed by the fact that the, the, the crowds never came in. Well, pack them in. I mean, it, it, I've all, always thought that maybe when you buy a ticket, right, you got it at half price if you came in at the start of the game. I know it would be difficult to do, but... It's what you could call a, a full stadium ticket. In other words, you have to get through the barrier to get into the, to the game itself. You've got to be in that, uh, in that stadium at a certain time to get half price. Now, that would fill the stadium. Yeah, it probably would. You're right. But it's going to be a fantastic week, certainly a fantastic uh, Saturday. It really is. 
How embarrassing is it going to be, Steve-O, for Rugby League if we get 10, 15, 20,000 people, it might not even be that many, for the first game between Toulouse and Wakefield for what is an absolutely crucial match for the Super League season? Uh, it, it is disconcerting to perhaps be opening the first game with just a sprinkling of fans. And let us we've got to be honest about it. Toulouse won't bring many, will they? No. So it's up to, you know, the, the real rugby league fan. Get in there, get in early. It would be great to see a full stadium, but I doubt it. No, me too. IMG have got a massive job on their hands moving forward. Good luck to them. Absolutely good luck to them. I hope that it works out for them. Yeah, so do I. I mean, look, we're on a very, very delicate sort of situation within our within our game because we don't seem to attract new fans. It's the old faithful, and I'm just fingers crossed that 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 the World Cup is going to be an absolute wonderful exhibition of, of rugby league football with packed houses. I know they're doing their best. They're coming out with different different uh, uh, promotions, etc., and so forth. Uh, I, I just hope that we can attract not the regular, I mean all the regular, but people who just enjoy different sports. And that's what we've got to try to do, is to compete with other sports, is to turn it into an event. From what I can gather, uh, the people who are organising our Rugby League World Cup, I think they're doing a, a damn fine job. They're trying their damnedest to it. But how much money can they spend in advertising, in offerings, this for the fans? It's very, very difficult. Uh, back to last weekend. Huddersfield beaten on Friday by Castleford. Now, you tipped Castleford, I think, as dark horses for the playoffs last week, didn't you? They're now fifth, two points clear of Hull in sixth. Uh, you know, they're on the march, Cass. They are. And um, I must say, the way that they've got their defence now, that was always Cass Castleford's problem is that they could play some absolutely fantastic rugby league and yet they let themselves down with defence but not anymore I thought the defence was, was outstanding I mean Huddersfield at a top quality side they were not allowed to take control the Giants far too many mistakes but a lot of people don't realise that when the opposition are having so many mistakes you've got to give praise for the defence that puts them under that pressure and that's what Castleford have, have done though it's a bit of sad news that they've lost Jake Truman Eddie it is it is he's out for the rest of the season and what's more he will be playing for Hull in 2023 that has been confirmed this week as has the news that Tom Johnson is going from Wakefield to Catalan in 2023 it's that time of the year Steve-O when you know, we've talked about this earlier on during the podcast this year. Players are moving. Players are saying they're going to play here, there and everywhere. And, you know, coaches are now planning for the future as well as the season 2022 that still has got a long way to run. Uh, what's all that about? And then they wonder why people won't rush 
before the season starts to buy a full season ticket because they're not confident that maybe two or three of their star players may go to another club. Now, is that the best way to run a sport? We're talking about the fans, Eddie. We're talking about we've got to attract the fans. And yet, they'll announce halfway through the... Like, Jake Truman, all right, is injured. He's going from cast to whole football club. Now, a young kid <laughs> and a family spent, I don't know how many pounds, buying a Jake Truman shirt with his name on the back. And he's going. He's leaving. And I understand what you're saying, but the players... They have the right to make sure that their future is assured. Truman and Johnson have done that. And so, by the way, is Regan Grace at St. Helens. He's off to Rugby Union. He's going to play for Racing 92 uh, from 2023. Now, this is a blow to St. Helens. 86 tries and 138 appearances for Regan Grace. And what a blow for Wales in the World Cup. I'm sure John Keir would have been pinning his hopes on Regan Grace. He ain't going to be there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, there again, it, it just adds to what I've just said. W why announce it halfway through the season? It, it's ridiculous. Look, the journalists are wanting to get a good story, a, a scoop, as they call them, and they, they'll try and go underneath and find out this, that, and the other to get that scoop. But it's, it's just open slather. Well, he's going, he's going, he's going. Uh, what does that do for the, the regular fan? It does nothing. Irritates them. Leeds, they can't be written off. They crushed Hull away from home. 62-16, Steve-O. Five tries for Ash Handley. They are ninth, but they're only three points off a playoff spot. They can't be counted well, out. No, I mean, <laughs> the, the way they played in the second half, but uh, I must say... The second half display by uh, the Black and Whites was nothing short of disgraceful. Uh, I, I mean, it was it was as though you talk about putting the cue on the rack. Dear me, I think they ripped the cloth off the table. Never mind, just put in the. <laughs> it was just. Uh, it's an amazing thing. I mean, uh, the week the week before, you know, Wakefield got hammered to such an extent that it was embarrassing. Let's look at the positives. We've got the Magic Weekend coming up. There are three games on Saturday. There are three games on Sunday. We've already mentioned the first two on Saturday, which are probably the biggest games of the season. Um, and then on uh, the Sunday, Huddersfield, Salford, Catalan against Warrington. Blimey, that's a, that's a trial for Warrington after the way they capitulated in the last quarter against Salford at the weekend and Hull Kingston Rovers against Hull now 9 or 10 players will not be going to Magic because they've been suspended and you know Hull they're doing their best to try and bolster their defences they've signed uh, Jack Walker from Leeds uh, on a two week loan as they have with um, Ellis Longstaff who we've already mentioned being poached by Warrington from Wigan and Josh Sim from St. Helens. They're coming in to try and shore up the defences at Hull because they, Hull, have got 12 players missing uh, for injuries and suspension and Hull Kingston Rovers aren't much better and they bring the curtain down on the Magic Weekend. What sort of Magic Weekend do you think we're going to get? Magic. I really do. Look, the, the, the game itself... Uh, it's 
a little bit undecided mainly because of the fact you just mentioned so many injuries now I often think to myself well if there's so many injuries is that just bad luck or are they being overtrained or undertrained, etc.? Uh, it's a question that I don't think anybody can answer. But the clubs who think, well, we've got 12 injured, um, is that just bad luck? Is it the way that they're training, etc.? They've got to, you know, all the clubs have got to sort of look at how they've been training, etc., and so forth, how they've been overtrained or under, undercooked or whatever. Uh, but it, it is a problem it, it is a problem for coaches because at the end of the day it's the coaches that get the sack finally next week um, State of Origin 3 we've talked about State of Origin 1 and 2 at length over the past few weeks is it going to be the Blues to win in Queensland or are the Maroons going to do it Steve-O well I'm biased uh, I think New South Wales have the better side I think they showed that in uh, Origin 2 and I still think that they have the power to do it. But State of Origin 1, um, they got caught out, did New South Wales, mainly due to the fact that the Queensland forwards just absolutely ransacked the opposition. They've got into it. Uh, I think Brad Fittler, the New South Wales coach, has a better side. In fact, is the only one that's got a selection problem because uh, Jack Whiten will be available. Latrell Mitchell, he played for South Sydney after uh, a long operation. So he's got two great players that he may not even select, mainly due to the fact that uh, lack of game time. But uh, Latrell Mitchell was outstanding for South and Jack Whiten, is, uh, he, he will be available. But Billy Slater, the Queensland coach, he, he knows that when you look through the list, it's not often that New South Wales win when they've got to play up in Queensland. It's, <laughs> it's dog eat dog, I'm afraid. that This is going to be a, a, a classic. And I do hope that they get a referee that can control it. And talking of Australia, uh, Holbrook, the coach at Gold Coast is under pressure. Uh, the media are saying that uh, he looks as though he is going to get the job. And on top of that, Eddie, Christian Wolf is being chased by the three clubs in Australia and one in New Zealand, which are the Warriors, Bulldogs and West, are keen to get Christian Wolf away from St. Helens, whose contract is up at the end of this season. But the favourites, according to the media, is that the New Zealand Warriors will offer him a huge contract. And let's face it, he's done a good job at St. Helens. Well, he has, but so too did Justin Holbrook. So too did uh, Michael Maguire at Wigan. So too did Nathan Brown when he was over here. And they are all out of, or being tipped to be, out of a job in the NRL in the foreseeable future. I mean, why would Christian Wolf walk away from St. Helens? I know he's an Australian, but why would he walk away from St. Helens with the team playing so well, top of the table, probably on for four grand final wins in a row? Why would he go from Saints to New Zealand? Come on. Money. <laughs> <laughs> 
let's not mess it, let's not mess around here and say oh they'll give him a three bedroom apartment to, <laughs> over the overlooking Auckland Harbour or something like that that may be part of the contract I don't know but one word money can't blame him no you can't well, wouldn't St. Helen wouldn't Amy McManus Mike Rush wouldn't they move heaven and earth to keep mind you I was going to say to keep him but you know Daniel Anderson Justin Holbrook Christian Wolf. The story at St Helens just goes on and on. They seem to unearth great coaches, great players, uh, each and every year. It's difficult, and uh, it appears that you know St Helens is a is a club and Wigan uh, that about to suffer. Maybe we will delay the podcast next week and take in your state of origin reflections uh, once S O O three is done and dusted how about that we'll leave it maybe for 24 hours next week what do you think Good. yeah that sounds good for me because uh, I'll be enthralled by whatever happens uh, I live in New South Wales so I want the Blues to win as simple as, as that and as I mentioned last week uh, it's a sellout and will you, you be amongst them in this weather I'm staying at home <laughs> yeah last week you were going to get on the plane and go up and support the Blues this week you're staying at home because it's raining for goodness I can't sake afford an, I can't afford an umbrella Eddie it's as simple as that it's uh, <laughs> yeah. listen I live at the t I live at the top of the hill but I'm still frightened I might get flooded you never know because you it, never know because the, the wind is so strong I have a lot of trees that surround our area and uh I'm frightened to death that one of the large ones might come crashing through the house. Oh, no, don't say that. Don't say that. I'm sure it won't. They will miss you out. There's no question about that. But when the wind blows in Sydney, it doesn't go anywhere near uh, the Steve-O mansion. Don't worry about that. Okay. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'll show you. I'll send you a photo. It is bouncing down. Well, look, you stay dry. You stay safe. And next week, we'll talk State of Origin and we will reflect the magic weekend as well. So talk to you in seven days' time. Take care, top man.